Hi, everyone. Welcome to Speech Good, a podcast where we showcase awesome SLPs doing awesome traditional and non-traditional SLP things. Myself and the guests on this show are here to talk about the good, the bad, and the untamable parts of ourselves and our SLP careers, and how, despite the challenges of everyday life, have just done the dang thing, loving what we do. I'm your host, Danny Augustine. I went from burnt out, dissatisfied with my SLP job, to dusting off my big girl pants, sprinkling some determination in my 20 cent coffee, and starting my own debt-free private practice. Now, I love my working career and wouldn't trade it for anything else. It was support and wisdom from others around me that helped me refine my why. In this show, I hope you find support and wisdom of your own. Hello, friend. I hope you are having a super stinking awesome day. I'm having a great day. Um, And because I'm having a great day, I wanted to come on and just have a little chat for a second. Let's have a chat Um, because... I've been thinking lately, especially as I'm getting to talk to all these super awesome SLPs, I'm like, wow, I need to like, I need to just marinate on some of these things for a second. So a lot of you know, um, if you haven't seen my Instagram page or follow me on Instagram, uh, something that I really, really like to talk about is money and finances. And honestly, it's something that I feel nobody in our field wants to talk about almost like money is dirty, like only rich, greedy people talk about money. And I really just want to take that and just like crush it because that's not at all. Um, that's not at all what it is to talk about money. And there's nothing wrong with talking about money. And I think especially, you know, being in a helping profession, it's almost, it almost leads you down this road of martyrdom. Like, oh, well, oh, I help people so I don't have to make money or we'll just not talk about money. Or if money's important to you, then you're greedy or selfish. And I just wanted to to take a minute and let's just talk about that for a second and break down some real barriers because no one's talking about money and finances in the SLP field. And even for myself, as you heard in my little ding, 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 intro, I was burnt out. And part of that burnout was I felt like I was working so hard and I had done all the right things to get this great career, um, but I wasn't getting the financial payout or the financial reward that um, I was expecting. And there was a little bit of, there was a good bit of disappointment in that. And even looking on Facebook groups and kind of seeing, I'm seeing some themes developing um, that, uh, that people are not necessarily satisfied with their pay. So let's talk about money and why I think talking about money is important, even though nobody wants to talk about it. So I will tell you this, money permeates every single area of your life. Let me say that again. Money permeates every single area of your life. It's not like, oh, okay, we're going to put money in this little box and put it in this little corner and it's just going to stay there and nobody's going to talk about it and it's fine. Um, Your finances play a major part in your life. So one area that a lot of people or a lot of people associate with money and finances is stress. Um, not having a handle on your finances is very, very stressful. Not being kind of having this idea of, okay, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to pay my bills this month. 
Um, you know, I would, even with your buying decisions, you know, you work hard, you're probably tired. I would like to go out for a drink with my friends, but ooh, it's either go out for a drink with my friends or pay my credit card bill this month. Mm. It's stressful, especially if any of you out there are in serious relationships, are married. Uh, money is the number one reason for divorce in America. Money problems and money issues and money fights. And not being on the same page as your spouse or your significant other with money. So we need to talk about it because those are some very, very real things. So money or a lack of money or a lack of financial know-how can number one, create stress. Number two, um, it allows you, money allows you to take opportunities. There's so many things in my life. Um, if you don't know my story, I've been debt, I've been debt free. My husband and I since 2018. Yes, 2018. We paid off 52. I, I paid off $52,283. I think that's what it was in graduate school loans. Uh, the first half I paid off before I got married, and then the second half, uh, Joe and I, we put when after we got married, we joined our finances together and we paid off that second half together. And I will tell you being on the same page with your spouse about money just completely revitalizes your communication and your goals for your relationship. But that's a whole nother podcast episode. So let's go back to opportunities. So even throughout, throughout our debt-free journey and becoming debt-free, it's amazing how we were paving the way and setting a very solid foundation to be able to take opportunities that we didn't even know were coming. It's a great example. It's actually happened with both of us in both of our careers. So for myself, um, being debt-free made, made me starting my private practice so much easier. And I started my private practice at the beginning of COVID. That's when I left my full-time job. And so, you know, me and my husband, we sat down, we calculated, and we knew that this was an opportunity that I wanted to take. And because we were on, we were together with the finances. We knew what our money was. We knew what was coming in. We knew what was going out. We actually calculated we could last six or seven months without me bringing in an income at all and be perfectly fine. Now, maybe we wouldn't, you know, we didn't make as much progress on other goals. Like during that time we were saving for our down payment for our house. We didn't make as much progress on that, on that goal, but we decided together, okay, we're going to slow down the progress on paying for the paying, getting our down payment saved for our house that we now have. Um, so that I could take this opportunity and it was not stressful. We weren't worried about if we could pay our bills. We weren't worried about if we could pay our rent. There was no, there was no issue, not at all. And it also made me able to make very intentional decisions about what kind of private practice I wanted to have um, and how I wanted to structure my private practice. There's also been opportunities that my husband was able to take. So my husband is actually, he's, he's like super handy. Like he's, a, um, he does heating, air and refrigeration. Like I open up an AC unit and I'm just like, okay, which part of this is going to let me electrocute myself. Okay. Like he's super, he's super good at all that stuff. Like him and a friend installed the light, the ceiling can lights in our house. I was like, great, I'll make you sandwiches because that's all I can contribute to that. Let's be real. But anyways, so uh, during, at the beginning of our marriage, he was getting more serious about going from just doing maintenance, general maintenance work to actually committing to a trade. 
And so that's when he found, it's called HVAC. It says heating, heating, ventilation, and air conditioning. I should know what that stands for, shouldn't I? He'd fuss at me. Don't tell him about this. Okay. Anyways, so he was able to quit his full-time job while I was working and it was almost kind of like we we switched we switched uh switched roles a little bit and i i kept working i had i had a stable income at the time and he was able to quit his full-time job and he dedicated a couple months to door knocking and finding the right company that he wanted to work for and had we not had our finances in order at that time not that there were not it's not about being perfect it's just about understanding again we knew what was coming in we knew what was going out had we not had our finances in order that time, there would have been a lot more stress on him. And I really do believe he would have been more pressured to pick a company that he might not have been as healthy of a work environment as the place that he has now. Uh, the place that he works now, he's been there for three years. Super great work environment, super great boss. They really appreciate him and what he does. And he was able to hold out for that as he went door knocking because he didn't have to accept the first job offer that he got. You know why? Because we weren't, we weren't desperate. He wasn't desperately looking for a job. It was, we looked and we said, all right, you got four months. You have four months to go find something. And he did what he needed to do. And that allowed us to take that opportunity. And you know what? We got not only his, we not only got a uh, the rewards for him just being more fulfilled uh, and being able to grow in that part of his career. But there was also a monetary reward. He has almost tripled his salary since going into that field and being able to stay with that company uh, and really, really enjoying working for them. So again, these opportunities that we didn't even really think about while we were paying off debt, we were, we were able to take on both sides of our relationship because we had paved the way through paying off our paying off student loans and becoming debt free. Another area of life that I find to be very relevant uh, and sort of permeating throughout our culture, even we even discuss it outside of money, but I think money and budgeting and financial literacy plays a large part in this. And it also played a very large part in our debt free journey. And also even now today with making our money decisions is comparison. Comparison is the thief of joy. And there's been, especially, you know, with with the advent of social media, now, you know, you're not just comparing yourself to the Joneses, you're comparing yourself to the Joneses, the Millers, the Washita's, the so-and-so, everybody, right? You can literally just look at this little rectangle thing on your hand and compare your life to thousands and thousands of different people, to the people that you went to high school with, to the people that you went to college with, to that one chick that you sat next to in Gen Chem 1. Yes, I did take Gen Chem 1. I did not make it as a science major. I could not do it. It was like I could have done it, but I just, my brain was just not about it. Anyways, let's get back to comparison. So how does money or how does money sort of weave into this idea of comparison? Because again, I feel like comparison is a very big topic today because it's so much easier to compare yourself to someone else. Oftentimes, the need or you comparing yourself to someone else, you're often comparing yourself to what they have. A lot of the times, buying decisions, are you making in the, this is something I want you know you to be able to ask yourself, are you buying something because of yourself and because that's something you want it? 
or are you buying something to impress other people or because other people expect you to have it? Okay, I want you to think about it this way. Have you seen, you remember that movie Shallow Howl? Okay, which like, I really think that movie was kind of, kind of pretty, pretty offensive, but you know, whatever. We're just gonna talk about it because I think it's a good example. So you know that movie Shallow Howl, who he's, it's played by Jack Black and he's very, very shallow. And you know, he would look at a woman, you know, he wouldn't look twice at a woman if she had a little extra fluff or if she didn't look like Carmen Electra, whatever. And so Tony Robbins or whatever shows up and does some like sprinkly do magic on him. And then he starts seeing women for their inner beauty. Right. So now, you know, the girl that to everybody else does not, it does not look as appealing to him looks like a babe because she's got a heart of gold, that type of thing. And then at the end of the movie, what ends up happening is his friend sees him, you know, he falls in love with, uh, he falls in love with a girl who to everyone else, she's got some extra fluff. Right. And but he sees he sees her as Gwen, Gwyneth Paltrow, okay? Am I showing my age when I talk about Gwyneth Paltrow? Please let me know. Or actually, don't. Just kidding. But anyways, so anyways, his friends find out that Tony Robbins put this blue, blue, blue magic on him to make him see women for their inner beauty, and then he ends up getting the blue, blue, blue reversed, and then he ends up, you know, Jack Black ends up seeing Rosemary, the girl he fell in love with, who looked like Gwyneth Paltrow. He ends up seeing her for how she truly is physically, okay? that is honestly how I think about my buying decisions and money because at one point Jack says I don't care once he found out what had happened to him and you know he saw a babe he saw this like one of Paltrow babe he says I I don't care that y'all didn't think she was hot like I don't care that y'all didn't think she looked like one of Paltrow I saw a babe so why would like why would I care? Like I saw a babe. That's all that matters to me, right? And so I want us to think about our money decisions that way. So if in this comparison game, if nobody saw the value in what you bought, so if you know whether you're buying a car or buying clothes, if you are you buying that for you or are you buying that to impress somebody else? Cause Jack Black was like, I don't, I don't care what y'all think she looks like. I think she's hot. That's all, and that's all that mattered. That's all he cared about. And you know, it was funny in that movie. His friend that didn't even dawn on his friend that, oh wait, you saw a babe, so who cares, right? So all of that to say, I want you to think of your purchases that way. Because a lot of times when we're caught in the comparison game, we're buying a bunch of crap um, to impress people that we really don't even like or care about or know. Um, if you know, you're, are you buying things for yourself? Are you buying things because you want them? Or are you buying things because you want other people to see that you have them? And a question and a word that comes up a lot in conversations with my husband and I is the word contentment and being content with what you have. And if you're not content with what you have, if you're not content in your relationships, if you're not content in your marriage, if you're not content with you know your children and your relationships with your children, you're going to find that satisfaction from somewhere else. 
oftentimes, and I see this a lot um, with buying decisions, is it's almost like a high. You know, if you're not getting contentment from the things that matter, if you're not getting, if you're not getting your your happiness and and how you feel about life from things that matter, again, like your relationships, like your fulfillment in your career, you're going. We, we all desire these things naturally as humans. And if you can't find it with the things that matter, guess what? You're going to go find them with things that don't matter. And that's when I've seen lots of people, you know, the impulse buying or, or buying things that they probably don't need. It's, it's like a little baby high, right? To go buy, that was my dog shaking. <laughs> it's like a little baby high. Right? You get the pair of shoes, you're excited about the shoes, you wear the shoes, you take a picture of you in the shoes, and then like a week later it's over. And then you got the shoes. Right? You there's maybe let's take it even a step further. Let's talk about a car, let's talk about cars, right? You buy the nice car, you buy the forty five thousand dollar truck, even though you only make fifty five thousand dollars a year. Um, it's nice. You take the picture, you drive your friends around in it. It's great, but then the high is over after a few weeks. And then guess what? You're still stuck with a bill. You're still stuck with whatever the head credit card payments you have to pay for those things that you bought. And so, you know, I don't don't want y'all to use things as evil, but that's a question that I have to ask. I make sure to ask myself is why am I, why am I buying the things that I'm buying? Am I buying them with a purpose? Am I buying the, am I buying this from, from a place of contentment or am I, am I buying this from a place of insecurity? And Hey, let's relate it back to the SLP world. Um, I put, I did a post on Instagram a while back about how I, I spent money on materials during my CF year. Uh, because I was insecure about my skills as a clinician and I thought that I could make up for my lack in know-how by buying materials. I bought this like 50 something dollar Arctic bundle that I really didn't need. It was a great bundle. Like it was super great. Like I could eliminate the cars. Like I, it's, I love it. It was a great product, but I didn't buy it from a place of, oh, I'm going to get value out of this. I bought it from a place of this is going to add value to me and make me more valuable. So that's a question to ask yourself, right? When you purchase something, are you purchasing it because it's going to add value to your life? Or are you purchasing it because you think it's going to make you more valuable? Because I'll tell you this right now, stuff will not make you more valuable. It won't. First of all, you're already valuable. Let's get that, let's get that right on the table right now. You're already valuable. Uh, and if you don't believe that, then that's a whole nother podcast episode. But again, just some things that for us to kind of think about and sort of get out in the open. And another thing that I want to talk about, you know, we're, we're talking about contentment, right? And how... Oftentimes we can, we make spending decisions um, and we can potentially get ourselves into a big financial mess and get ourselves into a lot of debt from a lack of contentment and our attempt to buy things to fill a hole that will not, um, that, that purchasing items will only temporarily fill. It's kind of like trying to fill up a cup. It's kind of like you're trying to fill up a cup, a cup that's, that's a funnel. So like if you pour it really fast, it looks like it's full, but it's just going to keep leaking out the bottom. So you just have to keep pouring and pouring and pouring to give the illusion that it's full. Money will not make you happy. Money will not make you successful. But 
Money can remove problems that make you unhappy. Let me say that again. Money can remove problems that make you unhappy. That's something, you know, that's something that, that Joe and I have talked about. We, you know, it's not about collecting all this money for ourselves and going get the boat or whatever. Not that, you know, I'm not opposed to having nice things, but I, you know, one of our goals is I want to be able to pay for someone to go to college. Like I would love to be able to have the money to do that. Or if one of our parents needed some sort of in-home care or nursing home care or whatever to have the money to be able to provide that for them. You know, there's, there's so many things that, that money and being financially secure can do for you and for the people around you that can change, that can change lives. Now, look, if you're a turd, then having money is only going to amplify that. Okay, money amplifies what you already are. If you are already content, if you are already a a happy, fulfilled person, if you are already a giving person, if you are already an intentional intentional person, money is going to amplify that. But guess what? If you're a turd, money is going to make you a bigger turd. If you're jealous, money is going to make you even more jealous. If you're discontent with your life and pooping on everybody else's parade, guess what? Money is only going to amplify that. So the things that were already there for myself, even with going in private practice, before I was able to do have my private practice, uh, the things that were already inside of me were quality of care, having enough time with my patients, building relationship with my patients and my parents. And you know what? Having the money and having financial opportunities has only amplified that and allowed me to do that even more in my private practice. So money does not create something that isn't already there. It amplifies what is already there. And the last thing that I want to say is you're, there's a verse in the Bible. I don't remember exactly where it is. Um, and what, whether or not you are, whether or not you're a Christian, I feel like this is a very, it just makes sense. It's, it says your treasure is where your heart is. So where you're putting your money, because think, you work for your money, So where you're putting your hard work, your blood, sweat, and tears, the thing that you get up every day to go do and whatever, you know, where you're putting your treasure is where your heart is, where you're putting your money is where your heart is, where you're putting your money and your finances is where your goals are and how important it is to be intentional with that. Because if your heart is not in Starbucks, then maybe you shouldn't be giving them $300 a month to go there every day, right? There's nothing wrong with going to Starbucks, but I want, you, I want you to think. I want you to think about these things. If your heart is in your goals, like if your heart is in to be able to be financially independent and travel and give and be generous, then that's where you need to put your treasure. Because if you're putting your treasure in Amazon, or you're putting your treasure at Starbucks, or you're putting your treasure into going out to eat every night, well, that's what you're telling everyone that, that's what you're telling everyone your heart your heart is. But I mean, if, when I say that, that sounds silly. Nobody's, nobody's heart is in going out to eat every night. There's nothing wrong with that, but that's not where your heart is. That's not where your goals are, right? So think, think about what you really, really, really want and be intentional with not just your conversations, but with your money and with your dollars. Because money speaks and money, where you're putting your money is telling you and your life where you want it to go. It's not evil. It's not wrong. It's a tool. 
it's an amplifier and a really, and this is going to be sort of my, my challenge for you as I finally hush about this topic and leave you alone, you know, look at where you're putting your money and really look at it. Go back on your bills, whether it's, you know, whether it's a credit card or debit card and calculate, you know, calculate how much money am I spending on being generous? How much money am I spending on debt? You know, how much money am I spending on a car payment? How much money am I spending on going out to eat? And get some get some hard numbers for these things because a lot of times we spend more on these more sort of frivolous expenses than we think we do. And you'd be amazed on how kind of cutting those things down, doing a budget, it makes you feel like you got to pay raise. We'll talk about budgeting in another episode. But that's my challenge to you. It's to sort of get some hard numbers for yourself on what are you really, really spending? And look at what you're spending a lot of your money on a lot of your extra income that's outside of like, you know, paying for a place to live. Look at what you're spending your money on and say, is that, is that where my heart is? Would somebody look at my budget? Would someone look at my spending and be able to tell what my goals are? And once you do that, shoot me a DM. I would love, absolutely love to hear from you. I think having these conversations are so, so needed and so, so healthy because we all have areas that we need to grow in, guys. I am, you know, I'm sitting here talking about money. I'm not perfect. I am not perfect, okay? My husband is not perfect. We've made mistakes with money. We still make mistakes with money. We totally do. But I'll tell you this. We've never made the same mistake twice with money. I'll tell you that. So be intentional. Think about what you're doing. Have these conversations. It's okay to have these conversations and sort of open up the floor for these things. And... Love your life, love your job, choose joy over judgment. See you guys later. Thank you so, so much for listening to this episode. Be sure you are subscribed so you can continue to get more no fluff content from me. And I would really appreciate it if you took a small amount of time to leave a review for the podcast. It really helps to boost it in the search engines and ratings. And it allows me to continue to produce this content for you and get this message out there to other SLPs and healthcare professionals. And as always, happy wealth building and go do the dang thing.